Welcome to Woodlands Church. Uh, we are so glad that you are with us today, connected with us, and we are online again. We've been reaching thousands upon thousands of people. You know, our, our church isn't empty. Uh, the church is deployed, and it's amazing. Even though we haven't been meeting in our physical locations, we're still meeting uh, more than ever, and it's making such a difference during this difficult time. Now, we're excited about gathering back at our campuses real soon, and we've been praying about it. We've been planning. We've been looking at it so that we can gather again in a really safe way, in a really safe and sanitized way. And so we haven't made the decision yet, but we're getting ready to. This week, we're gonna announce it. Now, next weekend, we're not gonna be meeting at our campuses and gathering at our campuses. <clears throat> but then after that, um, it's gonna come pretty soon, right after that. And so we're praying about it right now. We're gonna make a big announcement this week. And um, it could be you know, in three weeks, something like that, um, but we wanna do it really safe. We wanna do it in a way that um, really takes care of you because we don't do anything out of fear at Woodland Church. We do everything out of love. That's our goal. And we always ask, what does love look like today? And so the experience is gonna be a little bit different when you come in. We're gonna meet you in the parking lot. We're gonna bring you to your reserved seat. You'll have to reserve it, you know, earlier in the week and the service times. We'll probably have more service times so we can spread you out. We'll have masks for you. We'll take care of you in every way. And then we'll clean everything after every service and sanitize it. And so we're getting ready for that. We gotta prepare for that to do it right. And so just bear with us because we're so excited. We can't wait until we start gathering again at our campuses. And so we're gonna give you the date and we're gonna give it to you this week, so stay connected this week so that you can find out. Now, next week, we're gonna be online, and, um, but, but next week, we're also gonna let you know the date so you can prepare because we're gathering all the information. We've been praying, talking to our leaders, um, the political leaders. We've been talking to our health leaders, and, and um, we're just about there. So we wanna do exactly what God wants us to do. And when we meet again, it's gonna be a celebration. Speaking of a celebration, our family had a great celebration this week because on Wednesday, our son Josh and our daughter-in-law Kelly gave birth to a beautiful baby girl, Charlotte Kay. She was eight pounds, 10 ounces. Here's a picture of her right now. Now that is a cutie pie right there. She's perfect, and we we're just so grateful. Even though we couldn't be at the hospital as grandparents to be there. It felt really strange that we couldn't be there, um, but we were just so thankful that God just brought about you know, this uh, newborn, and uh, we're so proud of Kelly, so proud of Josh, and uh, beautiful Charlotte Kay. And so now Mary Love has a little sister. Uh, Jude has another sister, and so we're just so grateful for our family and what God is doing there. But I'm telling you, we're so grateful for our church family. God has been using you powerfully through this time. And we're going to talk about something today that everyone really needs. I'm calling it the real F word. And I think that'll get your attention a little bit. And I'm gonna talk to you about the most important thing that you need to build a lasting love relationship. 
And hopefully in your house, there haven't been too many F-bombs that have been going off as anger has risen and there's been a lot of stress and we tend to take it out on the people closest to us. And now that things are opening up a little bit, we're able to get out just a little bit more, but not a whole lot. And so I know that there's a lot of stress in the homes. Hopefully you haven't been hearing that a lot, cursing and yelling, but um, here's the thing. I'm gonna talk to you about the real F-word that can change everything in your relationships in just a moment. But I can't wait, church family. Chris and I can't wait. It's gonna be really soon. We're gonna be gathering again. We already have a name for the weekend. Homecoming 2020. We're gonna be coming home. Homecoming 2020. We'll be gathering again. It'll look a little different, but we're gonna be gathering again with God's power and God's grace. Homecoming 2020. And it's gonna be a celebration. Somebody sent me this this little meme this week, and said, uh, this is what it's gonna feel like when we get back to church. Just watch. I think that's about enough of that. You get the point. We're gonna celebrate like crazy, and that person's not on our praise team, by the way, but our worship team is here live. And I am so glad. It's so cool to have these guys here live So I'm not preaching to an empty auditorium today and we're gonna sing and we're gonna praise the Lord because Woodland Church, what you're doing to love this community, this city, and to love this world is echoing into eternity. So let's sing. I know that it's it's kinda hard to sing at home and maybe uh, you're not a very good singer, maybe you're like me and it's really difficult for you to kinda sing with two or three people or by yourself and Uh, But you gotta start practicing because we're gonna be back. We're gonna be singing. And so uh, you gotta start practicing now. So sing as loud as you can. Let's sing to the Lord. It's normal today in our society to have your ears bombarded with the F word. I mean, you hear it yelled out in sporting arenas. Um, You hear it constantly used in the movies. In fact, a while back I was driving in my car and I pulled out an Interstate 45 and a guy speeds up, pulls up right next to me, rolls his window down, and he gives me that uh, international sign. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, at first I thought he was telling me that I was number one, but apparently that's not what he was doing. I could see that he was angry and he was yelling at me. Uh, He was giving me the symbol of the F word, so I shot it right back at him. No, I didn't do that. I'm a pastor. I don't do things like that. I want to but I can't because I'm a pastor. You know, (laughs) unfortunately, uh, the F word is used very often in our culture. But even more unfortunately is there's another F word that is rarely used. And it's even more rare to see it lived out. And this F word is the key to building lasting love relationships. What is that word? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. We're in this series that's all about getting real in our closest relationships. I mean, we're getting real. It's getting real in our homes right now as as the anger levels are starting to boil over, the stress levels are building up without a doubt, and we tend to take it out on the people closest to us. And so hopefully you haven't been dropping any F-bombs in your home, but I, I want you to drop an F-bomb that makes all the difference, and that's forgiveness. Because the only way you can build a lasting relationship is through forgiveness, because you're gonna hurt 
each other. We're imperfect, broken people, and we hurt each other, we get hurt. And so you have to learn how to forgive. Jesus talked about it in the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew 6, 12, forgive us the wrongs we have done as we forgive the wrongs that others have done to us. Think about that for a moment, that's a prayer. Jesus said we're to pray like that. Do we really want God to answer that prayer? Think about it for a moment. The prayer is, God, please forgive me the way I've been forgiving other people. Do I really want God to answer that prayer? I mean, we all like to receive forgiveness, but giving forgiveness, that's another story altogether. In the 1950s, anthropologists called the Wadani tribe in the rainforest in Ecuador the most violent and vicious culture on the face of the earth. You see, the Wadani culture was a culture of revenge that had been passed down for generations. When you were wronged in the Wadani culture, it was considered appropriate to spear the person who wronged you. And they had this culture of revenge. Whenever you were hurt, whenever you were slighted, then everyone expected you to try to kill the person who wronged you. And we think about that right now. It just seems insane to have a culture of revenge that any time you get the slightest hurt, then somebody's gonna come up and try to spear you. That's insane, but that's what was happening. By 1955, they had such a culture of revenge and killing and murder that they were almost extinct. We think about now in our culture, how in the world could any culture have this revenge cycle where they're just killing each other off, where they're spearing each other constantly to get even with each other. Sounds crazy, but think about it for a moment. We have in our culture, in our society today, a culture of resentment. And it's just as crazy as what the Wadanis were doing. We have this culture of resentment and we don't spear people physically most of the time, but we try to spear them emotionally by holding on to our resentment and our bitterness. We hold on to the spear of resentment when we refuse to forgive those who hurt us. We hold on to the spear of resentment because we think that we're spearing the person who hurt us, but that's not really what's happening at all. We hold on to the spear of resentment and bitterness and we hold on to our hurt and we keep that resentment in our heart towards someone else who's hurt us and wronged us and we think, well, and by doing that, I'm spearing the person who hurt me. But when you hold on to the spear of resentment, you're not spearing the person who hurt you. All you're doing is spearing yourself over and over again. You're just hurting yourself. You're spearing yourself when you refuse to forgive. You're spearing your own happiness. You're spearing your own health. Researchers tell us that the most unhealthy emotion you can ever have is bitterness. It affects your emotional health, your physical health, your spiritual health, your relational health. And that's because when you hold on to the spear of resentment, you're also hurting all your relationships. When you hold on to hurt from the past, all it does is hurt your relationships in the present. And it comes out. All the bitterness and the resentment that you hold on to from past hurts and you don't deal with them, they're gonna come out and spill over in your present relationships. You're not even gonna know exactly why, 
Why am I acting this way? Why am I doing what I'm doing? I mean, resentment from the past can ruin present relationships. And that's not even the worst thing. It's not even the worst consequence to holding on to the spear of resentment. Jesus tells us at the end of the Lord's Prayer, really the worst consequence in Matthew 6, 14, when he says, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Those are strong words. God says, if you don't learn to forgive others, then I'm not going to forgive you. Now, when someone says to me, you don't understand, I could never forgive them for what they've done. I always think, well, you better never sin again. You better never sin again. If you're not gonna learn to forgive, you better never sin again, because if you ever think you're gonna need some forgiveness in the future, you better learn to forgive. But some people hold on to the spear of resentment because they don't really understand what forgiveness is. They're really afraid to let go of the spear of resentment because they don't really understand forgiveness and there are a lot of misconceptions about forgiveness. So let's look at them. The first thing is that forgiveness isn't shallow. Forgiveness isn't making light of an offense and saying, hey, no big deal, don't worry about it. I forgive you. I'm a Christian, so I need to forgive, I forgive you. No, forgiveness is not trite. Forgiveness is getting real. It is gut level honesty. It's when you say, what you did hurt me deeply. I gotta be honest with you. What you did hurt me deeply, but I choose to forgive you by God's power. I choose to forgive you. I mean, forgiveness is not shallow. I mean, forgiveness is the deepest, most mature thing you'll ever do in your life. So understand forgiveness isn't shallow, but forgiveness also isn't restoration. A lot of people hold on to the spear of resentment because they think if I let go of the spear of resentment, then they're just gonna hurt me again. If I forgive them, I'm just letting them hurt me again. No, that's not, forgiveness and restoration aren't the same thing. Those are two different things. You forgive when someone hurts you instantly for your own sake because if you hold on to the hurt, it just devastates you. You're just spearing yourself. So you let go of the spear of resentment so you won't spear yourself anymore. You forgive for your own sake, but, but you don't have to get right back into that same situation. Like If you have a, a spouse, an abusive spouse, um, you forgive instantly for your own sake, but you don't have to get back into that relationship where you're being abused. You know, I mean, it's gonna take time for restoration. You know, they're gonna have to go through some serious counseling. They're gonna have to really get serious about change and let God restore them. See, forgiveness is the first part of restoration, but it's not restoration. It takes time to restore a relationship. It takes time to build trust back once it's been broken. And so don't get forgiveness and restoration confused. They're two different things. Sometimes people say, well, I can't forgive my business partner who cheated me because then he's just gonna cheat me again. No, I mean, you forgive instantly for your sake. You don't have to get back into a business partnership with them. And so forgiveness and restoration are two different things. I've seen God restore marriages that were just devastated. I've seen God change people that, um, you know, it's amazing. Life change is the greatest miracle there is. I've seen God bring marriages back together 
that had just been blown up by anger, bitterness, abuse. God can do that, but God does that over time. It's restoration. And forgiveness isn't normal, but it's necessary. Forgiveness isn't normal. I mean, you think about it. There's really no logical reason to forgive someone who hurts you. It just seems logical to get even. It seems logical to hold resentment. It's not, forgiveness doesn't come natural to us. It's supernatural. You see, it's not logical because it's supernatural. It doesn't come naturally to me to forgive. I naturally wanna hold on to hurt. I naturally wanna get even with someone. I naturally want something bad to happen to them if they've hurt me and wronged me. But, but here's the thing, forgiveness is necessary because if you hold on to hurt, it turns into the cancer of bitterness and that cancer of bitterness will spread rapidly and it will consume your life. Forgiveness isn't natural, but it is supernatural. That's why you need God's power to forgive because in our flesh, we never feel like forgiving. You're never gonna feel like forgiving someone who hurts you. You're not gonna feel like forgiving. And so you just have to choose to forgive whether you feel like it or not with God's power. God, I don't feel like this, but I choose to forgive them with your power and your strength because you command me to and I release the spirit of resentment to you. So how do we forgive? Let's look at it. The first thing is you have to release resentment. Release the spear of resentment. The disciples were asking Jesus once, how many times should we forgive someone who hurts us? And Simon Peter spoke up and he said, how about seven times? He thought Jesus was gonna give him a gold star for that answer. Peter, you're so spiritual, that's amazing. Seven times? Oh, if everyone could be like Simon Peter. I don't know that Simon Peter really would forgive someone at that time seven times, but he was just trying to impress Jesus a little bit, but it didn't impress Jesus because Jesus came back with this in Luke 17, four. If he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. So Jesus says, hey, he does it seven times in a day. Forgive him. Jesus was saying, you forgive for your own sake. You forgive out of obedience. And you forgive every time you're hurt because you can't afford not to forgive. If you don't forgive one time, then it turns into bitterness and you're just spearing yourself. Jesus was saying, every time the hurtful thought comes to your mind, you've gotta say, God, I choose to forgive them. I don't feel like it. I mean, this really stinks that they hurt me. I don't understand why you allowed it, but I know you're God and I choose to obey you and I choose to forgive them even though I don't feel like it. And then five minutes later, when that hurtful thought comes back into your mind, you've gotta do it again. God, I choose to forgive them by your power. I don't feel like it, but I choose to forgive them. And you keep forgiving, 70 times seven, until the pain is healed, until the wound heals, because forgiveness is healing. And some of you have been holding on to hurt for a long time. Some of you have been holding on to a hurt from your past, and the person who hurt you is not even on this planet anymore but they're still hurting you today. You're allowing them to still spear you today because you're holding on to bitterness and it's time for healing to start. It's time to let the healing begin and the only way the healing can ever begin is if you will lose that grip that you're holding so tightly to the spear of resentment. You see, you've got to release bitterness. You gotta come to the place and some of you are gonna do that today. I, I sense that. Some of you, this is a day you're gonna look back on years from now and say, that was the day that I chose to forgive. 
That was the day. Some of you are gonna experience physical healing today because you're gonna forgive. I mean, bitterness is destructive, but when you choose to forgive and you let go of the spirit of resentment, healing can begin. You gotta drop the spear of resentment because when you're holding on the spear of resentment, you can't receive grace. And oh, we need to receive grace. I have to have grace. I have to breathe in grace. I need an atmosphere of grace. So that's the second thing, receive grace. You see, I can't give what I haven't received. When I have trouble forgiving, it's because I'm not in touch with how much God has forgiven me. I'm not in touch with God's grace. Whenever I've had trouble forgiving and I just don't wanna forgive, it's like I know God I'm supposed to, but oh. It's because I'm not in touch with how much God has forgiven me and how much mercy and grace he has given me, how much undeserved favor, how much undeserved blessing he's given me. And I have to learn just to breathe in his grace. In Psalm 32, one, it says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now, the word for sin is covered there is kasah. It's a Hebrew word that means cover up. And it's a real picture of the old covenant. You see, in the old covenant, in the Old Testament, the people were to bring sacrifices, the sacrifice to God. And when they would sacrifice to God, those sacrifices, then he would look past their sins. It would cover up their sins. That's the old covenant. Now, it's sort of the picture when someone's coming to visit you at the last minute and, and you just hear about it and it's unexpected and then they let you know they're on the way and the house is a mess so you start picking things up real quickly and toss stuff into the closet. You know, sweep stuff under the rug. I, I mean, what are you doing? You're covering it up. I mean, it's still there. It's just covered up. And that's the way the old covenant was. But look in the New Testament because Jesus changed that. In John 1, we see John the Baptist seeing Jesus, and this is what happens. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, and John said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So in the New Covenant, New Testament, Christ came to be the ultimate sacrifice. He is the ultimate sacrifice, the last sacrifice, and he takes care of all the other sacrifices, and so we don't have to sacrifice anymore. He sacrificed himself. He was the perfect lamb of God who shed his sinless blood to cleanse us from our sins. And he didn't come to cover up our sins. He came to take away our sins, to wash them away as far as the east is from the west. And when I began to understand that, that he chooses to forget all my sins, you know, the Bible says that he remembers them no more, and so whenever I think of the grossness of my past sins and I think about that, I'm filled with shame and then I remember, wait a minute. And I go to God, God, you know, how can you use me? How can you use me? And then God says, well, what are you talking about? All my sins, all my mess, all the brokenness. And God says, I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. You know, I, I do know that I, I do remember that I chose to forget. See, God chooses to forget, to forgive and forget. It's amazing. 
And so when I realize how much I've been forgiven, it makes it a whole lot easier to forgive someone else because you'll never have to forgive anyone as much as God has forgiven you. And then you risk forgiveness. You drop the spear of resentment, you breathe in God's grace, and then you risk forgiving others. In Luke 6, 27, Jesus said, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. I'm going, what? Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who are hurting you. Years ago, someone I trusted hurt me deeply and stabbed me in the back, said some lies about me, and I, I was just devastated. I mean, I'd never experienced anything like that before, and it was like, what? I can't believe someone said a lie about me. I can't believe that. And, and it, it, just, it just devastated me, and it really controlled my thinking for several days. It was like, you know, I, I would try to get some work done. I would try to pray. I would try to study on sermons. I'd try to have meetings, but my mind would always come back to, oh, how could they do that? Oh, and the anger would build up. The resentment would build up. And, and I remember how it just dominated me for two or three days. Couldn't think straight. And finally, I remembered this passage. And so I just got down on my knees and I prayed. And I prayed for them. Now, I have to admit that what I wanted to pray, really, truthfully, what your pastor wanted to pray was God you know how they hurt me, and I don't know why you allowed that like that, but I, I think you know what you need to do. I mean, probably striking them with a bolt of lightning would, would be appropriate. At least give them a flat tire today, you know, and make their life miserable today. I mean, just teach them a lesson for their own good, God, for their own good. I mean, that's, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted. To, that's what I felt like praying, but instead I said, God, I don't get it. I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me feels unfair, it hurts, but God, I, I pray that you would bless them, bless them beyond measure for your glory. And I'll never forget, I feel the feeling just a little bit right now. Every time I pray something like that, I remember feeling the burden just lift off of me and God just filling me up with his blessing and his peace and his strength. And it's like the burden just lifted. Now, I have to admit, there were more times that I had to pray that in the coming days and weeks, but every time, it's like, wow, burden just lifts, God, because when you pray for God to bless those who hurt you, you get blessed. You get blessed. You drop the spear of resentment, and you're being more like Jesus with his power, and God just began to work in my life in such a powerful way, work in the church in such a powerful way at that time just letting go, and, and I have to admit, I have to come back and do that often. Every time I feel wronged, every time I feel hurt, misunderstood, you gotta come back and do that and pray, God bless. And then God blesses you when you learn to start forgiving. In 1955, five American missionaries, including Nate Saint, a missionary pilot, flew a plane into the jungles of Ecuador, and they landed in the Amazon River Basin They'd been preparing for months to try and reach out to the Wadani tribe. This culture of revenge, this culture of killing, and they were trying to reach out to the Wadani tribe with the love of Jesus in hopes of changing their violent ways. They made contact with the tribe in a first meeting and everything went well. They gave them some gifts and, and they had been trying to learn some of the language that was unknown to just about everybody at that time. 
But then in the second meeting, tragedy struck as all five missionaries were speared in vicious killings. And the missionaries had told friends and family that they had guns, but they had decided together as a pack that they wouldn't use them on the Wadani people for any reason. Even if the Wadani people turned violent and tried to kill them, that they wouldn't kill any Wadani. And they said, because if we die, we go directly to heaven. But if they die, they don't know Christ. Spend a Christless eternity. And so we love these people. God's put a love on our heart for these people. And so they made that pact and they willingly died. And it made national news. This unreached people group, this, this group that, that no one really had come in contact with. And, and it made national news. It was on Time, the cover of Time Life magazine, which was a big magazine at the time. It was all over the headlines of the newspapers all over the world. And people ask, why would they do that? It seems like such a waste. Why? But what happened next was nothing short of a miracle of forgiveness. The missionaries' wives felt the Lord leading that they should go in now. And they went in with their children to live with the Wadani people. Several times the Wadani threatened to kill them, but out of curiosity, they accepted them and let them stay. And then they were able to start learning their language, communicating with them the love of Jesus Christ. And they began to share the love of Christ with these people. And Steve Saint, the son of Nate Saint, the missionary pilot who was killed and viciously speared, he grew up in the Wadani tribe and he got to see almost all of them commit their life to Jesus Christ. And it changed the whole culture. It changed their whole culture to one of love, to one of wisdom and strength. And rather than violence. And one of the great Wadani warriors that Steve Saint got to know as he was growing up that became like a father to him was a man named Minkaya. Now, Minkaya, as it turned out, was the very man who speared Steve Saint's father, Nate. The very one. And when Steve Saint found that out, he had to forgive him. And it was very hard. It was very hard at first, he said, to forgive. This was the man who took away the man I loved most, and, and he forgave him. Minkiah became like a close father to him as Minkiah became a Christ follower. He became one of the leaders in the group, telling everyone about Jesus, and, and Minkiah became like a father to Steve Saint, and Minkiah then became like a grandfather to all Steve Saint's kids. As Steve moved away and came back to America and Minkaya stayed there in the rainforest in Ecuador, preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel. But it was an amazing story as he became like a grandfather to all of Steve Saint's kids and they called him Grandfather Minkaya. I met Minkaya when he and Steve Saint came to Woodlands Church in 2006. It was one of the great uh, weekends at Woodlands Church of the many. And he still lived in the jungles of Ecuador at the time, but he was the kindest, gentlest man I've ever met. He loved Jesus with all of his heart, and I just couldn't even imagine him being a vicious killer who had killed so many in a culture of revenge. And he sat right next to Steve Saint, the very son of one of the missionaries that Minkaya had killed and speared. But it was totally different now because Minkaya was like Steve Saint's father. Well, Minkaya went to be with the Lord 
on Tuesday. They say he was between 88 and 92 years of age. No one knows for sure. I mean, Kaya didn't know. But he lived to a ripe old age, and he died of natural causes there in the rainforest in Ecuador. And he had spoken to thousands upon thousands of people all over the world the story of forgiveness and redemption. And so I want to take you back, all the way back to 2006 here at Woodland Church, as Steve Saint and Minkaya share their story. Just watch. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I mean, a changed life is the greatest miracle of all. In 1 John 1, 9, it says that God is faithful and reliable. If we confess our sins, he forgives them and cleanses us from everything that we've done wrong. God is faithful. Even when we are faithless, he is faithful. And he's still writing your story. And I don't know what trail you're going on right now. You may be walking down a bad trail. You may want to ask yourself what Minkai asked. Where is this trail getting me? And maybe you've never walked God's trail. You can do that today. All you have to do is just click, raise my hand. I'm raising my hand. I want to receive Jesus. I want to receive Jesus Christ in my life. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. But Steve Saint on his Facebook page this week gave a little eulogy for um, Minkaya, Grandfather Minkaya. He said, this sweet, silly, always smiling, always teasing, constantly giggling grandfather to many, walked to the end of his trail today into the arms of his Savior. What an impact he had on this world. God wrote an amazing story of love and forgiveness through his life. He was a willing vessel. I am forever thankful God intertwined our stories. Minkaya, you are loved by so many, and I can't imagine how big your smile must be now in heaven. You see, God's not finished writing your story yet. It's kind of a tough chapter we're going through. It may be a really painful, difficult, scary chapter that you're going through right now, but the story's not finished yet. If you're a Christ follower, hey, God's still writing your story. God is still writing your story, and the last page has not been written yet. And I'm telling you, we win in the end because of what Jesus did on the cross and how he rose again. We are victorious. If you've never given God the pen of your life, give him that pen and let him write the last chapter. Let him write the next chapter. Let him write the next sentence. I don't care what, what you're going through. God cares. I, I don't care what it is. God can get you through. I don't care how difficult and painful it has been, your story's not written yet. It's not over. Because of God's faithfulness, no matter how great your failure, you're not finished yet. Because God is not finished writing your story. And if you've never given the pen to God and let him write your story, this is time. If you're walking down a bad trail, if you're walking down your own trail, like Minkaya was, just going your own way, doing what you feel is best, that's not gonna get you anywhere. But you can walk God's trail today. And all you have to do is pray to receive Jesus. Would you do that right now if you've never done that? Join the thousands who are coming to Christ at Woodland Church over these last few weeks. Just pray this prayer. You can open your eyes and just pray it to God. You can say it silently if you want. Just say, dear Jesus, I'm so sorry. I've been going my own trail. Going my own way. And I need you to change me. I need your forgiveness of all my sins. 
I, I need your strong blood, your perfect sinless blood to cleanse me so that my heart is like a beautiful, clear sky on a sunny day, and I can see clearly and walk clearly and follow you with all my heart. I, I want you to come into my life and be my Lord. I accept your free gift of heaven one day. Thank you for saving me. Now help me grow in my faith. And if you're a Christ follower, I'm praying for you. I'm praying, our staff is praying for you. Our pastors every day at one are praying for you. We're praying, God, just see every one of us through. Lord, it's difficult. It's painful. We don't understand it. But yet, we know that the last chapter hasn't been written yet. And we will wait for you to write the next chapter and the last chapter. And we know that we win in the end. And we thank you. Lord, bless our people in Jesus' name. Well, now we're at the point of our service where we give back to God some of what he's given us. And by the way, if you pray to receive Christ, just click. If you're worshiping with us at Woodland Church Online, just click. I want to raise my hand to receive Jesus right now. Our pastors can talk to you about it. They're there right now live chatting. But we want to give right now. And our offering time is such a time of worship. And so we give because we love God. We love what he's doing through the ministries of Woodland Church. It's amazing to see what you're doing. Our ministries are so activated and stretching and making a difference all over this area and around the world as we've been feeding people and meeting needs and putting together kits and we've been helping people who are going through hard times. Uh, we've been feeding the homeless. We've been helping medical professionals. We're doing a blood drive again this week. I'm so proud of you, Woodlands Church. But as you give, thank the Lord. And ask him to bless you. We're praying for God's blessing over your life. For God to get you through. For God to strengthen you. And so everyone can give. We all can't give the same amount, but we can all give something. And give something for God's glory. And I just really challenge you to put God first in your finances. Because when you do that during difficult times, you put your money where your mouth is. You're saying, God, I believe your promise. That you're going to see me through. That you're going to do what your word says. That you're going to meet my needs. And so you give. When you give in advance, here's what happens. It's faith. When we give based on how God has blessed us financially, then that's gratitude, and we need to do that. But when you give based on faith, God, I'm going to give because I love you and I trust your promises are true, that you're going to give back to me and you're going to meet my needs. That's called faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we can all give something, and you give, wc.org slash give. If you've never given online, you ought to try it. You ought to do it. wc.org slash give, and you can set up recurrent giving, wc.org slash give, or you can give on your smartphone. All you have to do is text give WC. That's one word, give WC. Give WC, one word, to 77977. Give WC to 77977. You can set it all up right there on your smartphone. Or you can send in a check to One Fellowship Drive, The Woodlands, Texas, 77384. One Fellowship Drive, The Woodlands, Texas, 77384. And we'll get that. But it's a time the church really needs it. We're praying for you. We're praying for God's strength, for God to get you through. And we know that we win in the end with God's power. And maybe you've been blessed. Maybe you've been really blessed. Maybe you're one of the few who has extra. And I just challenge you to give something sacrificially at this time. Something sacrificially for God's glory because of love and because of ministry. Because the church needs it. Well, let's pray. Lord, bless our giving. We thank you, Lord, that 
you gave, the greatest gift of all, the gift of your son. And we, Lord, we thank you that we step out in faith and we give to you and just bless all those who are giving, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would just use it to heal hurting people, to heal hurting people, Lord Jesus, to meet needs, to let everyone know when things get darkest, your light shines brightest through your church, the body of Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, I know that God is the famous one and we're gonna sing to him as we give our gifts. Yeah, praise God, and I am so excited. How about that worship team? I mean, amazing, guys. It's so cool to have these guys live on stage as, hey, it's not gonna be long. We'll be having our homecoming 2020, so stay tuned for the announcement, the big announcement this week, so stay connected, Woodland Church. Homecoming 2020 is coming up. Now, um, Monday night, Lee Strobel continues the, series on sharing your faith. It's been so powerful. It's live here, 7 p.m., tune in online. And then Tuesday night, student night, it's been crazy and awesome, 7 p.m. online. And then Wednesday night, I'm teaching this series. It's called What's Next? We've been looking at Bible prophecy. So don't miss it. We're having a lot of fun, learning a lot. And that's at seven o'clock Wednesday night. Hey, Woodland Church, we love you. We praise God for you. We can't wait till we're gathering again together in a safe and sanitized environment. We're getting things all worked out. We're getting prepared. We're getting ready. But I just praise God for you. We're praying for you, for God's blessing, for God's strength. May the Lord bless you and keep you, Woodland Church. And may he be gracious to you and turn his face towards you and give you his peace in Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you. Tune in at 11.30. If you got some friends who haven't watched yet, let them know. And then we have a 3 o'clock and a 6 o'clock as well coming up today. God bless you. Hey, church. Thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.